Christchurch, New Maldon, Sunday the 17th of July 2022, 9.30 service. Tim Davis speaking in the series, God's Big Plan. Why was Israel chosen by God? Um, have you ever, when you were younger, I guess, been desperate to be chosen for something? Now, it's usually when we're younger, isn't it? You're kind of desperate for the leading role in the school play or something like that. Uh, or maybe desperate to sing the solo in the Christchurch carol service, I don't know. Um, when I was really young, I remember that all I really, really wanted um, was to be chosen as the milk monitor each day when I was at the Acacia Grove playgroup. Uh, I don't know why, it just seems like you, know, you were favoured by the staff if you were chosen to be the milk monitor. Um, and I always wanted to feel special and important. Um, later on, when I got to secondary school, uh, I remember kind of like around my sort of third, fourth, fifth year, uh, I'd go and check the notice boards every kind of like Thursday or Friday lunchtime to see if I'd been picked to play in the school football team uh, that weekend, uh, looking a bit like this sort of list here. Um, and every week it was the same disappointment as I'd never seen my name there. You know, despite playing well in training during the game session early on in the week, I never got picked. Turned out that actually the selection criteria from the teacher in charge of football teams for our year consisted of who happened to be in his Spanish class on a Thursday morning and fancied a game at the weekend. Uh, I stupidly had chosen to study German. Uh, not that I'm holding a grudge, John, but don't like Dr. Alexander for that. Anyway, but I wonder, you know, had, would I have actually really enjoyed it had I been chosen? for those things week after week, day after day. Now imagine if you're milk monitor every day, the novelty wears off. You probably start to get resented by your fellow peers. Um, you know, three years old, you can have resentment to someone who's always the milk monitor, I'm sure. Uh, I've probably even been teased about it. And suddenly this elevated lofty status of milk monitor becomes something of a burden, of a curse. Um, I may not have played football um, every Saturday morning uh, for the school, but I did actually get um, picked to play cricket pretty much every weekend in the summer term. Um, but I have to say there were definitely some weekends, particularly as you get older and you're a teenager, when you start to think, I really do not want to be playing cricket for the next like, five hours. I want to be out with my friends. Is being special, is being chosen something really that important? with all the requirements and responsibilities that it comes with. Throughout the Bible, um, the Israelites are referred to as God's chosen people. What was so special about them? Why did God choose them? That's what we're thinking about today. And do we need to think, are the Israelites still favoured by God above all other people? And how does this all fit in to God's big plan? I think the first thing to understand when we look at this question, why was Israel chosen by God, is that actually, originally, God did not choose a nation. He chose a man, one man. So often, you know, when we think about Israel, you think in terms of a nation of people, which is what they are now. But that is not what they always were. When you read the book of Genesis, one thing you notice is that there is no nation of Israel because it just didn't exist. The beginning of God's promise to this nation didn't start when they became a nation. It started from one man, Abraham. The Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. 
I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's what God promised to Abraham. Abraham was a good, faithful, obedient servant of God. And as a reward for his faithfulness, God promised to make his ancestors into a great nation. God did not choose a nation. He chose a man and built a nation from this man. God didn't just randomly choose Israel. He made Israel into a great nation. And God's doing of this was a fulfillment of the promise he made to Abraham. There was no nation of people at this stage, no land to call their own. So you saw in that reading, God calls Abraham out of his land to go elsewhere. He was a man without land to call his own. There were no 12 tribes of Israel, no leaders of the people. Just a promise to one man that one day his descendants would be a great nation, a chosen people. Now, of course, within a few generations, things are not going so well for the people now known as the Israelites. They had thrived in Egypt, but they were soon subjugated and forced into slavery until a new leader, Moses, arrives on the scene. God rescues his people out of Egypt and leads them through the desert to Mount Sinai. Here, God reestablishes his covenant with the people, keeping his promise to Abraham. And in the reading we heard earlier, it affirms that they are a chosen people. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. In the very next sentence, God reveals why he's chosen Israel. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And it's here that we get this sense of the purpose that God has in choosing Israel to be a special people. They are to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Now, the priests in the time of ancient Israel were the people who act as the mediators, as the go-betweens between the people and God. And so the Israelites were to undertake that role with those people around them. But above all, they had to keep God's commands and truly be a people chosen by God. And we see this emphasized later on in the passage that Pete read to us from Deuteronomy chapter 7. God says, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of the Pharaoh king of Egypt. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God. He is a faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. God blessed Israel because of the faith and obedience of Abraham. 
but he made it clear that it wasn't because they were necessarily righteous. And yet there was something special about them. And there was this standard to which God set them. The rest of Deuteronomy chapter 7, we heard some of it read, shows what high standards the Lord sets for Israel. But it's pretty tough to read because it basically instructs the Israelites to destroy the nations around them. How are we to understand the idea of Israel being a chosen people, a holy people that would serve as an example to all if they're also being told not just to keep themselves separate from the other nations surrounding them, but to actively destroy them culturally and religiously. Well, the problem that Israel had was that the people didn't keep their side of the covenant. The Lord promised to bless them and their descendants, to make them a great and treasured nation, if, if they would keep his covenant, his commandments. And what were they? Well, they begin with these two famous commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Those are the first and second commandment given to the people. Israel is meant to faithfully represent God by how they live as a community of love, justice, and worship of God alone. That is what the law is all about. But despite everything the Lord had done for them, the Israelites were still constantly going away from God, being easily seduced by the cultures and religions of the nations around them. Now, I'm not going to spend time uh, examining any of this in detail. Stephen's going to be speaking about Israel's sin next week. But being chosen made them special. But it also brought requirements and responsibility. Being the chosen people means you are chosen to do something in the world. And the Israelites, to be fair, were pretty useless at doing what was required of them by the Lord. Thankfully, the Lord is not only a faithful and just God, but also a loving God. And whilst it would have been easy, understandable of him to give up on these Israelites who seem incapable of following simple instructions, despite the blessings promised them if they did keep the Lord's commandments, God still remained faithful to them and to the promise he'd made to Abraham. God knew that in order to preserve the faith of his holy people, then any distractions, any threats to their faith had to be removed. And this meant destroying the symbols and idols of religion held by the neighboring nations. Israel was to serve as a witness and example to others and bring them to God, not vice versa. So it was crucial that when settling initially in the land, God had brought them to, that their identity as a chosen people of God wasn't diluted or changed or exchanged for external influences around them. But of course, this didn't mean 
that ultimately they wouldn't mix the people around them. But it would be as God intended, with Israel bringing others to the Lord. The foreigner becoming part of the Jewish people. Just as Rahab the prostitute did after helping the Israelite spies escape from Jericho. And just as Ruth did by leaving her land to be with her mother-in-law when she was widowed and ultimately marrying Boaz. I think these two characters are actually quite noteworthy to consider at this moment because it brings us that final question of how Israel, being a chosen people, was a part of God's plan. God chose Israel as he was fulfilling a promise to Abraham and he wanted them to serve as a model nation to those around them so that all nations might be brought to him. Israel is not chosen for salvation alone, but for a purpose. They are called to display who God is to all the nations, so that all would come to know and worship the one true God. Salvation to the nations was not God's plan B. It was God's mission all along. The final point to answer the question of why did God choose Israel? And without a doubt, I think the most important purpose for the nation of Israel is that God was setting up the lineage for which Jesus would come through. Both Rahab and Ruth are named in the New Testament Gospels as ancestors of Jesus. And this really is the crux, I feel, of why God chose Israel to be his chosen people. The coming of Jesus fulfilled a major promise that God made to Abraham that everyone on this planet who is living or who will live or who has ever lived can benefit from. The prophet Isaiah spoke about this on many occasions. I'm just going to read you a couple of the things that Isaiah said. He said, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles to open the eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. And now the Lord says, He who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and gather Israel to himself. For I am honoured in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. He says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Again, I'm not really going to go any further into this because this is what Ruth will be speaking on in a couple of weeks' time. But this is the culmination, I feel, of why Israel was chosen by God. This was the nation that God delivered out of slavery in Egypt, the nation to whom God gave the land of Canaan, and the nation through whom Jesus, the Messiah, would come. God didn't just choose um, Israel. He chose all of us. He didn't just choose Abraham. He chose all of us. That is the exact opposite of God favoring just one group to the exclusion of all others. Instead, God works out his plan to extend love to all the world through that one group 
or individual. In a story that I'm sure Ruth may well refer to in her talk, um, there's this incident of Jesus having a conversation with a Samaritan woman, someone who's not from the chosen nation of Israel. And Jesus invites her into a conversation with him and reveals to her that he is the Messiah that she and her people have been waiting for. This woman then goes on to invite many others into the story of Jesus. God's big plan, of which you and I are very much a part, stretches all the way back through the New Testament and the Old Testament. The blessings promised to Abraham are blessings that are bestowed on you and I. You and I are holy people, chosen by God. The Old Testament contains many blessings on the people, and we should feel just as counted in those blessings when we read them, as the Israelites did thousands of years ago. And so when we think about Israel, the chosen people, what it means to us, it's going to end with something of a contemporary blessing based on the famous words given to the priests when they were instructed on how to bless the chosen people. Because these words are just as much for you and I as they were for people thousands of years ago. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. May his favour be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and their children and your children and their children. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you and all around you and within you, for he is with you. He is with you. In the morning, in the evening, in your coming and your going, in your weeping and in your rejoicing. He is for you. He is for you. Amen.